Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Joanna. And this is Growing Home Together. Caring for the soul of your family, helping you grow closer to God. And each other. Today we are finishing a powerful conversation with Brian and Shayla Moffitt. If you haven't listened to part one in episode five, go back and listen right now. Now here's the rest of the amazing story of how God worked to rescue their marriage. I, I will say, um, like kind of like you said, it's a heavy story, but you do see grace all throughout, you know, prayer, constant prayer from family, uh, Christian grandmother. I mean, it's it is amazing how God, even in the midst of all this pain, how God was carrying you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those those divorce papers had been sitting there, and even the fact that they were still sitting there, you see grace in that, right? Absolutely, mm-hmm. and you see God's timing in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, sure. and and as we jump ahead a little bit, uh, you know, you start to see the pieces come together. But Shayla said, what in that December eighteenth of nineteen ninety nine, when we walked down a small country church in Ulysses, Kansas, when I said, "Hey, Ted Gertson, can I call you Dad?" That was a moment for me. That was that was wiping away. 22, 22 years of, of, of that father wound that, yeah. that all of a sudden was healed by Shayla's dad. And for her to hand me the phone on the day that she found out about the affair and say, here, you tell dad, uh, you guys, I just couldn't do it. And um, it was because I knew I had let him down. I had promised him that I would take care of his daughter and I let him down. And Shayla, so what kind of a reaction did you expect to get from him? Oh, I mean, I, I would have, I was just scared. I, I didn't want to talk to him. I knew he would be angry. Um, he's a very, um, he's so mild of a man in mild nature, but I just knew that would cause extreme anger and I didn't want to have to face that. As Shayla was gathering a few belongings, she was getting ready to leave the house. And I, I, I would have told you that when she left, she would be, be gone. Divorce papers would be, you know, we'd be divorced within days or weeks, however fast the, it could be finalized. And and I said, Shayla, before you leave, I need to tell you one more thing. And, and at this point, she had found out about the affair. She's like, what possibly do you have to tell me now, right? Just whatever you have, tell, tell it to me. And I, I had shared with her, I said, uh, you remember I told you about Jonathan. Jonathan was the, the big brother figure that, that had passed away when I was 14. And she's like, yeah, he was like a big brother to you from 12 to 14. Are you going to blame all this on his death? And I said, well, no, I'm not. But when he passed away, I was relieved. And she said, what in the world are you talking about? I said, well, when he passed away, it was over. And I said, Shayla, from the ages of 12 to 14, Jonathan sexually abused me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you guys, I, I had held on to that secret for 17 years without, wow. without telling a, a soul. And I remember as Shayla got ready to leave, I, I heard God's whisper. And he said, Brian, you have to tell her. And I, I remember ignoring it because I didn't know what the Holy Spirit sounded like. I didn't know that it was God speaking to me. And I, and I hear it again. He goes, you have to tell her or you'll die with this secret. And I blew it off again. He said, I'm telling you, if you don't tell her right now in this moment, you will die with this secret. And that's when I said, Shayla, I need to tell you one more thing. And and you talk about grace in the story, even before understanding what grace actually, what grace actually is. She looked at me and she said, Brian, I will help you get help as your friend, not as your wife, but I will help you get help. But you are going to have to get some help. And she closed the door and, and slammed the door and walked out. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever heard a door slam that, that 
that, that, that's not going to open again. But that's what it, that's what that sound was. It was a door that I thought would never open again when she walked out. What happened at, at that point? Well, when she left, it was this reality. And, and, and before we jump ahead, I, I just want to, for a moment, just share uh, and just a couple statements to your to your audience. Um, yeah. Because we know in the world that we live in, uh, sexual abuse is more common than people know. And and I, I just want to share to that person that's been sexually abused. I just want to share it's, it's it was not your fault. And I'm sorry. Uh, if somebody would have told me those two things somewhere along the way in that 17 year journey, maybe I would have told somebody else. And I just kept it inside for so long because I thought it was my fault. I thought it was something that I, that I could have prevented. And in reality, I was so young. I was such a, I was just a child and I, I was taken advantage of. And, and so to the person listening, I just want you to know it, it wasn't your fault and I'm extremely sorry it happened to you, but I want you to know there's healing possible and uh, please reach out to, for help. Tell your spouse, tell a best friend, tell your parents, uh, just share with somebody um, the hurt that you've experienced because what Satan wants to do is he wants to, he wants to take that story and just keep it down inside your soul and to where it eats away. And, and I'm here to tell you, if you can, if you can shine some light on the darkness, uh, it is possible to mm-hmm. heal from it. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. And, and do you think a lot of, of the, uh, the journey you were on, um, I mean, there's lots of different pieces, but do you think a lot of, if that was the, the thing that the secret that you had to get out, do you think that was a lot of the, what you were running from or through your, your story there? Absolutely. Rob, no doubt about it. Um, hundred percent for how many times and evenings I would be extremely intoxicated and I would, I would just, um, you know, break down to Shayla and I would just, I would be so emotional and I would be angry and then I would, I'd be sad. I would just, I would just tell her in these drunken states, I would say, if you truly knew who I was, you wouldn't love me. And she would say, Brian, but I do love you. Just tell me, what do you mean by that? And I, I would say again and again, if you truly knew who I was, you wouldn't love me because I, I felt like I was dirty. I felt like I was, I was, I was just, you know, damaged goods. And, and, and even looking back in relationships throughout high school and college and with Shayla, I mean, there were sexual boundaries that, that just were not there because they were stolen from me at the age of 12. And, 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 and walking into our relationship, you know, looking back, it's like, um, no wonder we had so much turmoil. We were living in sin prior to marriage. And then, you know, throughout marriage, there were still boundaries that I was breaking. And, um, you know, you know, it's part of my story. And, and I know for a fact that, you know, that burden carried through all those years and, and was just eating away at my soul. Yeah. So, so sharing that, uh, news did, did that unlock, uh, a lot of, of, for you guys to start moving, at least start the process of moving forward and healing or? Well, Rob, I think for me, it was, <laughs> I want to describe our, our marriage as this thousand piece puzzle that somebody took and threw all of the pieces up in the air. And I scrambled to find each and every one of them to try to put it back together but there was one piece in the center that I never found and, and I just couldn't figure it out. You know, it's like, you know, what does he mean by if you truly knew who I am, you know, like that statement, what does he mean by that? And then, you know, if we ever did visit that conversation, I mean, he would say, I don't know. I was drunk. I don't know what I was talking about. But when he told me about the abuse, that was the last piece of the puzzle. And 
I would be lying if I said that, you know, it, it, it didn't affect me when Brian told me that as I was leaving, it, it did affect me because it, it finally all came together and I could, I had a clear picture of, of who Brian Moffat is. And, and, and that's why I promised him, you know, you need help and I will help you get help as a, as your friend, but not as your wife. Like I, I am no longer going to be your wife, but I care so much about you, Brian, you've got to get help. And, 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 and I left. And when Brian says that door slammed, that door slammed and, um, weeks went by guys, weeks went by without any type of communication. Um, but what had happened during this time was, I want to say kind of behind my back, um, my dad and Brian had, had broke through some barriers and began, began a really cool relationship. And I'll let Brian explain that. But um, again, just looking back at it now, just seeing how God was using each moment of our story for us to come together with Christ at the center. You know, there are a lot of different pieces to, to unpack and, um, and this is part of, part of the whole, whole story. So it's, it's powerful. You know, the verse that keeps running through my mind as you're talking is the verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. And I hear so much fear in your story, just fear of abandonment and fear of rejection and fear of what secrets will be uncovered and, um, fear for the future and, who you are today sharing this story. I just can't wait to hear how you encountered perfect love that you hadn't known before. Well, yeah, as we, we mentioned, God was already at work. And, uh, you know, when Shayla left that Monday after the affair, after I shared about the abuse, what does an alcoholic do, but begin to drink. And so I drank all afternoon and that evening I get a phone call and I look on my phone and it, and it says, the call ID says dad. And, uh, Shayla's dad is the person in my phone listed as dad. And the last person you want to talk to in the middle of that affair is your father-in-law. And so I did what anybody else would do. I let it go to voicemail and, and the voicemail was full of grace. Uh, the voicemail said this, Brian, you broke my heart and you broke my daughter's heart, but I love you. You are my son. And if there's ever anything you need in life, I'll be there for you. Mm. You know, and I'm thinking back now, I mean, this this is, this is 14 years ago and I have 11 year old daughter now. And in 10 years from now or 15 years from now, could I do the same thing when Addison's heart is broken? I I don't know. But, but I, yeah, that's tough. It's tough. But I do know this. If, if Shayla's dad didn't leave that voicemail, that I know for a fact we wouldn't be talking to you today on this podcast. Okay. And, and, and he says, he leaves a voicemail and I wake up the next morning and I, with a hangover and I, I try to work and I'm, and I'm just sobbing and the tears are rolling down my face and I'm wiping the tears off. And, and, and he says, and, and I, and I hear God's voice and it says, you know, you've got to call dad. And so I called dad up and, and I said, hey, dad, you left a voicemail for me last night. And you said, if there's ever anything in life that you need, you'll be there for me. I said, I need you today. 
And this is 15 hours after that voicemail. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cried together on the phone and, and we spent two hours together on the telephone. And, and uh, I shared with him about my fear of, of, of hell and with grandmother, my grandmother passing and how that emo- emotional roller coaster. And, and I was just so, I was just sad. Um, obviously, I was sorry for what happened, but I was just, I was full of sadness and hurt and brokenness. And, and he asked me, he said, hey, do you, do you have a Bible? And I said, well, I, I have one. I'd have to dust it off. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's on, the, on the nightstand, but it's covered in dust. But um, It was a wedding gift. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a wedding gift. There's some, you know, some grace and irony in that. It has our name on the Bible. Yes. And, and uh, so I pick up the Bible and, and he, he says, hey, turn to Psalm 52. I'm like, okay. So I turned to Psalm 52. And I read it. And it, it might as well have been in another language, you guys. I, I didn't know what it meant. It was it was nothing that pertained to anything. And well, he, the fact is he wanted me to read Psalm 51, which is the story of David and Bathsheba about mm-hmm. the the affair and how God was able to heal David's heart through that and forgiveness. And But he, he misquoted scripture. And Shayla's dad is the most spiritual man I know. I don't think he's ever misquoted scripture except that one day on the phone. <laughs> okay. That was like part of God's plan, right? <laughs> And yes, divine misquote. That's right, divine misquote. And but on the opposite page of of Psalm fifty two, which I read meant nothing, was Psalm fifty five. And and I want to read just the first four verses of Psalm fifty five. Uh, but it says, "Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My troubles, my thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger." And then Psalm 55, 4 says this, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. And you guys, I read Psalm 55 for the first time. And I said, Dad, Psalm 55 is my story. I said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm living in this, in, in, in literally scared of hell. 29 years old, scared of hell. The, the thoughts of death are just overwhelming me right now. And I read through Psalm 55 and he says, Hey, I'm coming up to Kansas City this weekend to move Shayla out of the house. Will you be around? And and I'd love to get together Sunday night. And I said, well, sure, let's do it. And of course, uh, the listener's thinking, why in the world would you want to spend an evening with your father-in-law when he just found out about an affair? But the fact of the matter is this. I, w- I long to see my daddy, right? I was that five-year-old boy sure. whose biological father had left. And all I wanted was my dad to hold me. And uh, we spend the evening together that Sunday night. And and we're on the living room, in the living room on the couch, and he had brought up the fact that I'd shared with him on the phone about the the, the fear of hell and, and my grandmother passing away. And I said, yeah, Dad, I, I go, this is overwhelming. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm tired of running. And he said, we can end all of that here tonight. And, and I'm a doer. Like, give me a list. I'll do it. And I said, okay, what do I need to do? Like, give me a list. I'll check them off. And he says, there's nothing you can do. And I said, well, what do you mean there's nothing you can do? He goes, it's already been done for you. You just have to surrender and accept it. Jesus died on the cross for all of your sins. And if you accept that, all of this can be wiped clean. And you guys, we, we, we kneeled down on the floor. We prayed together. And, uh, you know, the, there was no rumbling of the house. The lights didn't flicker. There was no crashing of lightning, you know, outside the windows. But what happened is that foot that was standing on my chest for so long was finally lifted. 
the weight that I'd been carrying around for so long was finally taken off my shoulders and I could breathe for the first time. And we sat around nice our guy. kitchen table and, and I shared with him about the abuse. So I go 17 years without, without telling anyone. And, and with a matter of five days, I tell two people and, and, uh, you know what he did is he put his arm around me and he said, Brian, I'm sorry. And that's all I needed wow. was just somebody to tell me they were sorry that it happened to me. Yeah. And, uh, that was the moment that grace entered into my soul and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I was born again. I, I woke up that morning a different person than I went when I went to sleep. And, and he said, this is a new beginning for you. You're going to have to reboot your entire life. Uh, you're, you're probably going to have to lose some friendships and gain new friendships. You're going to have to read the Bible, listen to Christian music, uh, read Christian books, surround yourself with Christian people. And he goes, but it's like a computer when, it, when you have to reboot it and restart, and you're going to have to uh, basically start your life completely over. And it was scary, but I was willing to do anything at that point. Now you have this brand new commitment to Christ. So how did that overflow into your commitment to Shayla? Well, that, I mean, that's the, the, the great thing about the story and about Grace is, you know, Shayla's not living at the house. And uh, you know, her, her dad leaves that evening and he heads back to the house where Shayla's staying. You know, he leaves our home that was broken to go back to where uh, to where Shayla is and and of course, uh, she was a little bit uh, hesitant about uh, the interaction between her dad and I because, you know, a, a, why would her dad want to go spend an evening with me? Uh, for her, that was very hard. Well, and I, I'm I'm just going to add to that story. So when when my dad tells me, "Hey, listen, I'm going to go spend the evening with Brian," that was the the second time in one week that I had been crushed by yeah. by men in my life that I loved. And that I thought loved me. And, you know, right. I thought if you want to call it the victim card, I'm like, dad, I, I'm the victim here. Like I didn't step out on our marriage. You know, was I the perfect wife? Absolutely not. But I didn't have the affair. And I was really angry. And, and I remember, I, I wouldn't even say I don't remember praying because I did not pray. But I remember thinking, I hope when my dad steps into that house, that he just punches Brian right in the face, like as hard as he can. <laughs> because that's, you know, for the listeners, that's where my heart was. I was a heart of stone. I was hurt. I was angry. Um, and now my dad is going to go spend the evening with Brian. And right. it, it seemed like eternity. My dad comes back and and I'm, you know, I'm I'm anticipating like this, like I'm I'm sorry, Shayla, like Brian's, you know, too far gone. You know, he's too messed up. There's too many things. Like, let's just proceed forward with this divorce. Um, it was the complete opposite. He he walked in the door and I will never forget his embrace. He wraps his arms around me so tight. And he says, Shayla, we are not filing for divorce. And... <laughs> I, I, I pushed my dad back and I said, you're right, dad. There is no we in this. It's me. And I am filing for divorce. And I said, actually, you know, those divorce papers I put on hold for six months. I had until that week, that next week to, to reissue those papers because they were put on hold. So you talk about God's timing 
And, and my dad kept telling me, we're not proceeding forward with the divorce. And he said, Brian accepted Christ tonight. And I said, of course he did. Brian's going to say whatever he has to, to make himself look better in this situation. I said, dad, I don't believe it. Like, don't, you know, I've, I've been living in this fake life for, you know, five years now. And dad just kept saying and kept, you know, reassuring me, we're not filing for divorce. We are going to continue to pray. And we know that God is big. And the next day he left. He, he left to take that eight and a half hour trip home that we took that Christmas. And, and I remember thinking that that's it. Like, talk about confused, right? My dad's telling me we're not filing for divorce. I have no communication with Brian. I don't want to talk with Brian. I don't want to ever see Brian again. Um, I, I want everything that is associated with Brian completely removed from my life. And I, I lived with a friend. Um, it, had, was, it was several weeks later. Um, I, had a call, I had contact with my dad and my dad would say, hey, I talked to Brian today and he's doing really well. He started counseling. And I thought, well, that's great. He needs counseling. And my dad would say, well, do you think you need to go to counseling? Nope, I'm fine. You know, now, now I'm, you know, I'm a strong woman. I've been hurt, but nobody's going to hurt me again, kind of a mentality. And, um, you know, my dad would call me and say, hey, I talked to Brian and, you know, his counseling session went really, really well. His counselor gave him some, you know, scripture to read over. And, and again, there was this battle within me going, why are you talking with Brian? Like, and then, and then I was mad because Brian was doing so well, you know, right? Like, right. <laughs> like this isn't fair. I'm over here, you know, drowning in, in life and Brian has new life. And, um, so it'd been, it'd been several weeks. There was no communication with Brian. I was leaving work and my phone rang and I looked down at it and it said, Brian. And I thought, ugh, what does he want? Like, I do not want to talk with him. And, uh, I, I was just still shocked that my name, that it was said Brian in her phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I figured it would say, you know, some other words. Like, yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. maybe not so how long had you waited to reach out to her? Oh gosh. I mean, it, Two, three weeks? Yeah, I mean, at least it was two to three weeks. Okay. Because it was one of those things, like, I was experiencing all this new life, but I also knew that there was another side of the coin of the pain and the hurt that that she was going through. I mean, when I say that I was I was in the best place my entire life, I'm, I mean, that's that's the fact. I, I had complete peace, but yet my my marriage was crum- had crumbled. My We were separated into the outsider. It would look... You know, when I make the comment, I was the happiest I've ever been. Well, how could you say that? Your wife was gone. Well, yes, <laughs> but I was experiencing new life and going to counseling. And, you know, for, for the last year and a half, Shayla's parents kept saying, hey, you guys should get counseling. And I was like, nope, why would I pay somebody else to tell me what I need to change? Well, my heart, my heart was hard. And now all of a sudden I had a soft heart and I was going to counseling and I was like a sponge. Like I, I couldn't wait to get to counseling. And, uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going through all this incredible growth and healing and I knew I needed to give her some space. And so I, I let it sit for you know two to three weeks and, and then that's when I reached out with the text. And, and, and this is what he, I answer the phone and he says, um, Hey, I don't want to talk about what I did to you. I don't want to talk about our marriage, but I have a question for you. Would you be willing to read scripture with me? 
journal about it. And then in the evenings, can we talk about the verse or the scripture or what, what the scripture, what you got out of the scripture? And, and again, guys, and, and for the listeners, like, I'm thinking this is a joke. Who is this guy? And, and, and why now is everything perfect in his world? And I don't know why, I, uh, other than it was, it was the Holy Spirit that, that said the words out of my mouth, yes. And I said, yes, I will, I will commit to doing that. And he goes, good, I've already emailed you the, the reading plan. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> hold on. Like, like, pump the brakes. Yeah, pump the brakes because yeah. like, you're, you're pushing me over, over uh, uh, to a limit that I don't know if I want to go. Um, but Robin Joanna, this, uh, this moment, it wasn't about our marriage. Mm-hmm. It was not about, I mean, and and Brian even said, we, we might get divorced. And, and I understand that, but I'm concerned for you, Shayla. And, and I want you to experience the freedom that I am experiencing through reading scripture and, and, and having a relationship with Jesus. And I went to the house that I was staying at and I, I didn't have a Bible and, you know, I, got on my phone and looked up scripture and, you know, the, the, the model was, you know, to read scripture, to pick out a a verse or a word, or maybe even a phrase that, that stuck out to you. And then, you know, apply it to your life. How, how are you, how does that apply to your life right now? And then you would write out a prayer. And, um, you know, I, I was looking for the verses that talked about beheading um, <laughs> she kept reading John the Baptist first. It's like, no, there's more to the Bible than just that. Yes. Because again, that's where my heart was. I was so broken. I was, there was not even hope in the horizon. And I started reading scripture. And what that did was it opened my eyes that I had been living for Shayla. I was not living a life for Christ. I'd had this solid foundation as a child. I knew the lifestyle I was living was not aligning with scripture or, or what the Bible said. Um, and I came to my breaking point and I realized that I needed to repurpose my life and rededicate my life to Jesus. And, and again, not knowing what what my marriage was going to turn out to be, um, it, it shattered me. I remember reading scripture and it talked about grace, forgiveness, love. Um, the The big one for me was hope. You know, I, I never, I never thought there was there was going to be hope for my marriage, and that journaling together brought Brian and I together because we would journal or we would read scripture. We would journal. And then our phone conversations sounded like this. Hey, what was your verse today? My verse was this. What was your verse today? How does that, you know, how does that apply to your life? All right. You know, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that was it. We never talked about what was going on, the the big picture. Um, But what, what that was doing was our marriage that we know it today 
was starting to be built with the foundation of Christ. Brick by brick, piece by piece, we were reading scripture. We were coming to understand grace, hope, forgiveness, forgiveness for me. I mean, man, for the listener out there going, how could you forgive your husband who, you know, repeatedly hurt you? Um, you know, how, how do you forgive? Um, but when your heart is in the right place, forgiveness is easier than when your heart is in a bad and hard place. And I mean, we started counseling together then, um, several months later. And I mean, and again, if, if for the listener, if you are thinking counseling is not for us, we're too far gone. Uh, it is, that is the, a, a lie from the enemy because counseling brought out so much, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, but a lot of good. You know, I didn't realize a lot of attributes Brian had because I was so blinded by other things. But when, you know, the counselor, the mediator, somebody in the middle can say, hey, Shayla, did you see this? It, it helped me realize this is how God created Brian. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just different, you know? And when I wanted Brian to be a certain way, that's not how God created him. And counseling for us was another key point, but the biggest point in our marriage was building the foundation I, I love on what you Jesus said. Uh, I, I believe I read this on your website. We had to surrender our lives to Jesus before we could surrender our marriage to Jesus. And um, I think that's, Absolutely. that's really powerful. And, and, you know, to your point of counseling too, um, uh, you guys do mentoring as well. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We, we know the power in sharing with other couples and, uh, we had a, when we were separated, we had a, a married couple that brought us under their wing. Uh, we went to their house for a, supposed to be like a, a small group. It ended up, nobody else really came except one other person. And we show up, never met these people before, right? We show up, we're sitting on separate couches and we, we go around the room introductions and Shayla's like, uh, my name's Shayla Moffat and that's my husband, Brian, and we're separated. <laughs> like, Hey, welcome, welcome to community group. <laughs> and this couple saw an opportunity to reflect Jesus to us. And uh, to this day, uh, they are two of the most instrumental people in our story. And um, again, we just know the power that they played in our story. And, and, and we want to you know, repay that to others. And so, yeah, part of our ministry, we offer marriage mentoring. It's either in person or virtual uh, through Skype or FaceTime. And, and we just uh, we've got seven weeks that we have built content uh, around a, a workbook and um, you know, there's, there's five activities throughout the week to, to do together as a couple. And then we, we talk uh, through, uh, like I said, through FaceTime or, or Skype and mentor through that. And it's just a, it's just such a powerful tool because again, it's that, it's that person in the middle where they can right. um, give and some I, guidance. I mean, I think that the Lord uh, created your ministry for such a time as this. I mean, we're hearing through this really hard year of 2020, how many marriages are floundering or, or just calling it quits altogether. And we're hearing how the difficulties of mental illness are just going through the roof. And so it seems like there's sort of this perfect storm against marriage right now. So any crack is just widening really rapidly, wouldn't you say, in these difficult times and to have a resource mm -hmm. like um, biblical 
caring mentoring like you offer um, where people can even do it from home is just such a gift. I hope that many, many of our listeners um, take hold of that. Yeah. Um, you also offer a um, Anguished Hearts uh, journal um, on your website because um, as, as you were telling your story, it sounds like that journaling uh, was a key to kind of pulling you back together and making that found, building that foundation um, on Christ. And you also have a, a reading plan in there. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, actually the reading plan that we went through while separated, oh, okay. we have within our journal. And it's a 33-day reading plan. It's super simple. It's uh, two or three verses a day. It's not a, a long devotion. And, and we're being very intentional about that because you know, the last thing that, that you need to do, we always say the last thing you, you should do when, when trying to walk through a storm with someone, especially if they're on the other side of the line of faith, is start to throw scripture at them or, hey, you need to go to church or, you know, they can't relate to that, but they can relate to your story. And so we always just tell people, hey, just just share your story with others. People can relate to your story. Uh, once they surrender to Jesus, then you start to introduce scripture. And so really the reading plan is just designed for that couple that have never really read scripture together and not to intimidate, intimidate them, but to inspire them to say, hey, listen, 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, you can read scripture together. Uh, you can journal your thoughts and then share your journal entry. And again, it's such a powerful tool to be able to share what God's doing within your heart. Um, we've had I mean, great stories. We, we do marriage events all across the country, marriage conferences and uh, one of my favorite stories is a, a, a couple, uh, Shayla, they had been married, what, 40-some years, probably close to 50 years, and they come back from a breakout session. We did a journaling, uh, like a journaling uh, breakout session, and they come back from that breakout, and the wife is in tears, and she says, my husband and I, we read Scripture for the first time together in our 40 years of marriage. Oh, Thank you amazing. so much for what you guys are doing. And it, it's so, we're always in shock that, that married couples, Christian married couples, aren't reading the Bible together. And and early in our in our healing and pro, early healing process, it was like, you mean all marriage couples, Christian couples, aren't reading the Bible together? And, and the truth is, they're not. And so, you know, we're just out there to encourage married couples, Christian couples. Hey, open the Bible together, read it together, share your thoughts, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, get ready it's, it's because a, God's going to move. It's a great tool that you guys have offered just to get people um, in a real simple way to start start that process. Um, you know, as we, as we kind of, you know, wrap things up a bit here, um, I would love to have you guys share, first share, um, what you would say to that, um, couple that might be listening, um, that thinks it's over for them or they're ready to, to quit or, um, or it just seems too hard right now. And then, um, I would love to ask if, if one of you could, uh, lead those listening, um, in a prayer just for, for people that might be hurting and, and need those next steps and need to see those grace moments. Cause you had them even in the very hardest times, um, as you tell your story, like you said, it's a heavy story, but you do see God's grace and his, um, timing, um, all throughout and how he, um, he never gave up on you. And, and God's definitely the hero of your story, but, um, oh man, props to your, your father-in-law there. I mean, they, they were praying and they knew, they knew that God, God was, uh, was, was not done with your story. And, um, so, um, it's a good reminder too, as, as we, um, try to be encouragement to each other, um, to, to pray for each other and to, um, help each other and to, to reach out to each other when we are struggling in our, in our marriages. So, um, what would you say to that couple that's, that thinks it's too late? 
You know, I would, um, I would encourage every couple listening to this podcast to, um, to, to evaluate, where are you? You know, for some listeners, you may think we're, we're completely done. I don't even know why I listened to this story because their story is not going to end how our story will. Um, but I think to the listener who their, their marriage is in, in their mind over, start praying you heard in our story that we had people, you know, praying over us and around us, um, people we didn't even know. Um, and I think surrounding yourself with the right people, um, because if your marriage is, is having difficulties, are you going to work and bashing your husband? Are you going to work and bashing your wife? Um, what are you doing personally to help your marriage grow. And, and those are all things that when, when we were going through our stuff, I never stopped to think about those things. It was a very selfish, well, what am I getting out of this marriage? Or look at what Brian is not doing. And when you continuously put unrealistic expectations on your spouse, they will fail you. And when you start to realize that you didn't marry a perfect person and they didn't marry a perfect person either. Um, it's two, it's two people trying to do life together. And if your marriage is, is failing, first and foremost, evaluate, is Christ the center of your marriage? If not, there's where you need to start. And if that seems too overwhelming, reach out you know, find a Bible teaching church that um, can give you the resources um, to start living a, a marriage centered around Christ. Um, you know, and for the marriage that you're like, hey, you know, this was a great podcast, but my marriage is okay. There's there's nothing wrong that you see. Take it to that next level. You know, maybe if if you're not reading scripture together, read scripture together. Some of our best conversations, whether it has been about life, it's been about our kids, it's been about careers, has been over journaling and, and talking. You know, when, when you shut out the world for 10, 15 minutes, you take your phones and put them away and you have that eye to eye contact, you know, face to face time, you know, amazing conversations can come out of it. And, and our marriage is always it's always needing growth, right? We can easily go stagnant. We can just stay status quo, but that's not what God intends for a marriage. God wants us to always be growing. And once we're growing, he wants us to start pouring out, you know, how our marriage is to others. Um, you know, I, I want my marriage to be a reflection of Christ. And I want people to say, what do, what do Brian and Shayla have that we don't in our marriage? And that's Christ. And does that mean that our marriage is perfect? Absolutely not. Do we still have issues? Absolutely. But I just think for, for every listener, you know, if, if your marriage is, is looking like it's over, surround yourself with people that are going to fight for your marriage. 
because the world will tell you it's okay to get divorced. The world will tell you it's okay. There's, you know, more fish in the sea. There's, you know, a better person for you. The world will, will tell you that. But if you surround yourself with the people that believe in your marriage, that in, want to invest in your marriage and fighting for your marriage, those are the people that you want to help to help fight this battle and, and reaching out, you know, reach out to us, reach out to another, you know, marriage ministry, reach out to a, a Bible teaching church to get you the resources. And, and again, for the encouragement of the, the marriage that's healthy, um, make it better, make it, make it grow. And, and then invest in, in a marriage that is just starting out. Some of the best things that we can do as we're aged in this, you know, season of marriage is, is look at the marriages in our, you know, the people in our life that are one, two, three, four years into their marriage. You know that their marriage is going to hit those hard times, but how can we as followers of Christ be examples and be there for them when they do hit hard times? That's really good. Oh, I, I, so encouraged by her. And, and uh, what I love, the, I love is the fact that, you know, we, and for her to, to be the one that was, um, you know, the victim in the affair to, to pour into women. I, I, I've watched her over the last 14 years pour herself into others and help others take one step that couldn't take a step before. And, and, and I'll just add a little bit to the answer of, of the couple that thinks they're over. You don't have to have faith to move a mountain. Just have the faith of a mustard seed and let God take it and grow that faith. And I think that's where you know, we get so overwhelmed with a broken marriage of, oh, it'll never get better. The only way out is to hit the easy button because the road looks so far and so long. And it's in, in the path of least resistance is to say, I'm out, I'm done. But the reality is whatever you're dealing with will follow you into the next relationship. And if you have kids, you're breaking a family and your kids are going to be raised by step a stepmom or stepdad and it just gets messy. Divorce is never, divorce is always messy. It just is. And generations are impacted because of it. And so don't give up. We believe in you. If nobody else believes in you, we believe in you. Uh, Rob and Joanne, I know you guys believe in that couple that's, that's on the brink of, of destruction. And, um, sometimes you just need one, one person to believe in you. And, and maybe we're that couple today that believes in that couple listening that says it's over. And, um, we know you can do it. And then I'll just add one other thing too, before we wrap up. Um, just to put a, a bow on the story, uh, about 14 months later, after we reconciled, uh, we were on vacation and, uh, I'll keep the story short, but, um, we put some boundaries around drinking alcohol. We, we, I wouldn't, we wouldn't drink alone anymore. I would, we would only drink, uh, mild consumption, whether it was a glass of wine with dinner or beer watching the Royals game. And uh, I, I followed those rules for about 14 months until we were on vacation, and I got really intoxicated again. And, uh, you know, I saw the hurt in Shayla's eyes that she shared with me when she came home about the affair, the exact same look. And it was in that moment that I, I heard God's voice, and he said, Brian, you gave your life to me 14 months ago, and I'm so grateful that you did, but you didn't give me your addiction. He said, leave your addiction at the foot of the cross, and I will bear that addiction for you. And... Uh, in January, we're going to celebrate 13 years of sobriety. So um, to the person battling an addiction, whether it's pornography, a drug addiction, tobacco addiction, alcohol addiction, we know healing is possible. Surrender that addiction because God has a bigger life for you. And you know, here we are 13 years later. And uh, yeah, that's a great word. And, um, you know, I think of the point in your story um, where you 
had to share with Shayla about the abuse and, um, you know, how that unlocked um, you and everything in the process. And so as someone's listening, um, you know, maybe they need to take that step so they can start seeing the light. Um, And so uh, maybe that's going to your your website, anguishhearts.com. And, um, yep. and, uh, yep. you know, That's just starting that, uh, that step of, of, um, bringing it into the light and getting that counseling, getting that support, getting that help, um, taking advantage of those resources around. Um, and, uh, yeah. So thanks for sharing this, this story. Yeah. I know. I feel like I've been just sitting here a little bit tongue tied because yes. your story is so powerful and impactful. I'm just in awe of what God did in your life, and I know He's uh, ready and able and excited to do that in the the lives of other couples as well. And I just can't thank you enough, Brian and Shayla, for meeting up with us today to talk about God's power to transform even the most broken of marriages. You have offered us all just a great deal of hope and help when we're going through tough seasons together. And I just pray that God will bless you and your ministry. Well, we're, we're grateful to be here. Thank you, guys. And I'd love to pray for us as we finish up our time together yes, and do. encourage that listener, if you guys don't mind. All right, Father, we're so thankful uh, that you brought our stories together today. Uh, we're, we're grateful for the person listening to this podcast. Uh, we know that you are in the business of miracles and reconciliation. And so, Lord, I, I just, in this moment, I want to lift up that couple that is in the middle of their storm, that they're wondering if they should even make it one more day. I, I just pray that you give them some hope through today's podcast. Uh, put people into their lives that will speak truth to them. Uh, put a church in front of them that will speak truth and, and that will love them exactly where they're at. Uh, Lord, I pray for that person battling an addiction today. I pray for complete surrender. Uh, we know that you will bear that addiction for them. And so, Lord, we're praying in this moment for supernatural healing of that addiction. Lord, I thank you for Rob and Joanna for their desire to pour into families and into couples uh, and to provide Christ-centered tools for others. I pray for their ministry to flourish. Uh, I pray for their marriage. I pray for all the marriages that are listening, that you protect them, that you put boundaries around them. Lord, we know that you can keep sacred what you brought together, and that is the covenant of marriage. And so, Lord, protect us as we go out into this world. May we each be different. Uh, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his birth, his perfect life. And Lord, we thank you so much for his death and resurrection to give us freedom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.